0: John Keane sat in a house near the 4th Road Bridge um, is the author of the enormously big-seller Ultimate Reading FC quiz book, but also the sum of the parts, the evolution of the perfect team. Here's a quiz question I've got for you. Reading lost two league games in the 106th season of 2005-06, but against whom and what was interesting about the first loss?
1: Um, That would be Plymouth... um... At home, that was the very first match of the season. That's
0: what's interesting Um, about it, yep.
1: And then the other match was Luton, which I think was around March, something like that.
0: Yeah, it was the most amazing season. I was doing A-levels, so I'd taken the ball off at the time. Watford Watford are getting lots of mentions here, but Reading went up automatically by a a landslide. Watford beat Leeds in the playoff in Cardiff, so Reading and Watford went up. Watford went straight down, Reading didn't, and we're here to celebrate the Steve Koppel team, that he put together. And it was virtually the same side. So um, what I wanted to do is because I'm reading the 92, I'm ticking off every football league club, and I chose to do Reading with you rather than with Dave. With Dave, we, comment, we um, focused on terrorist memoirs. Uh, but here, I need to ask you who the great promotion 11 was. So I've gone with the players who were and played the most games. So the goalkeeper is easy. Right, Marcus Hanneman. Who has written a book? Have you read it? Uh, not yet, no. Apparently, he's a big fan of the band Tool, the uh, the metal band Tool. The... Okay,
1: right. I, I, I know he's into his, his guns and his trucks
0: uh, yes, back of in course. Seattle. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the fullbacks seem to play most of the games. Uh, who was your favourite? Yep. Difficult to
1: say. They, they both had their their qualities. Um, Graham murty was the the captain. He was um, he did things the right way. He was a really good ambassador for the club. But Nicky Shorey was the exciting one. He he was just. Um, the the source of a lot of our attacking moves he it, and we'd seen him come through um, Alan Pardew bought him as a youngster from Orient and, and developed him in the club so so it, it was wonderful to see him blossom and, and I actually saw him play twice for England as well at oh, Wembley yes. so that was it.
0: of course yes that's why I know the name I know he played for Reading but yeah the left back when Ashley Cole was having a rest
1: that's right. Yes, yeah, yeah and, and, um, and and none of the Chelsea colleagues in the team passed to him, of course. But such is
0: life, imbeciles. Um, yeah. Sonko and Ingimarson. Ingimarson ever present in the league. Um, it's always good to have an Icelander at the back.
1: The Iceman, absolutely cool. And but Sonko was an absolute beast in his prime. He was just a man mountain. But the one one of the the other wonderful things about this team. No sendings off at all in that season. No suspensions. It was just um, they did things the right way. But they they were so solid.
0: That's why they played all the games. Um, I'm writing this book about the FA Youth Cup, from kids to champions, and I'm sure that I will focus on the Arsenal team of the late 1990s, which included
1: Sidwell and Harper, who who went together like bread and butter. They just just clicked. And Sidwell was, he, he was really the only player that anybody in the Sky Sports and, and so on had heard of at this point. Um, and he went on to, I, I don't know if they were bigger things, they were potentially bigger things.
0: Yes, um, yeah, he but, went to Chelsea uh, in the earlier right, yes, days, yeah.
1: Yes, um, sort of understudied for Frank Lampard, but didn't really um, play much of a, a part there. And and that's that's one of the... The things I look at in the book, because you've you've got these really a core of about 15, 16 players, um, all of whom arguably had the best part of their career at the same time at Reading. So there were some some players like Ingemarston, who'd been around a while and not really achieved much, um, and Ditto Murti, and and -and up-and-coming players like Sidwell and Shorey. But they all peaked at exactly the same time.
0: Jesus, that's brilliant. And the other two midfielders?
1: the wingers, uh, Bobby Convey, the American, and Glenn Little. Um, having said that, um, Stephen Hunt would always come on after about 71 minutes. Not as just well, always,
0: so. 35 times in the league. Yep. So this was obviously a tactic that copple had, had done. Stephen Hunt, very good player.
1: Yes, yes. Um, and uh, really, it's that Oh, and John Oster as well yep. came on to replace Glenn Little frequently. I mean, Steve Koppel was a winger. Steve Koppel loves 4-4-2 with wing play. The the whole ethos of this team was to win the ball, get it out to the wings quickly. Wingers would take it forward, cross it in, and then you'd have the the strikers there to, to score. All done at a relentless pace. So, so fresh wingers coming on with 20 minutes to go was a, a nightmare to defend against.
0: And um, Steve Koppel was very nice because he let Watford have Brunjar Gunnarsson, uh, Ah, who's who's a name that rolls off the tongue. uh, And yeah, Watford enjoyed him, but he couldn't get in this first team because of Harper and Sidwell.
1: That's right, but he, he was the go-to sub and he had some, some brilliant moments. Um, um, his time, to a certain extent, came more after Koppel and under McDermott. He, he's beloved for a Cruyff turn by the corner flag at Anfield in an FA Cup replay um, in, I think, 2013, um, where he, he did this Cruyff turn, crossed, and uh, Shane Long scored. To, uh, in something like an 89th-minute equaliser at Anfield, and we we then won in extra time. Um, but just a, a moment of sheer brilliance that will never be forgotten. That's that's what what marks him out, sprinja
0: 74 games for Iceland. As far as I can see, he manages the team, HK. Uh, I'm not even going to pronounce that. Oh, uh, probably wise. Yes. In Iceland, and uh, yeah, so he's got a coaching job, but. I must ask some Watford fans what they remember about Brunyar. Uh, you mentioned Shane Long, who was signed for the Premier League team. Do you know who the secret footballer was?
1: I don't know for sure, but the, the, all the smart money says Dave Kitson, because there's so much that ties up.
0: That's what I heard, and I, I, have, I, did, I read some of the books not knowing who it was. So as a Reading fan, is it not interesting trying to play guess who?
1: I, extremely i think that there, there are some some things that have been changed slightly so as not to give the game away but the um, where he talks about being relegated um and then going on to another club that fits exactly there's there's about 95 percent of it that meshes exactly with things that happened at reading so it it seems to make sense he, he's also an intelligent articulate bloke who will will talk about um his experiences so i for me, I'm, although I don't know for sure, I'm convinced.
0: Excellent. And this came out of his Guardian column, The Secret Football. There's a series of five or six books. Even the physio got to write one. And the first one is of Eamon Dunphy, Gary Nelson class. Because you do it is, it's almost more fun that you don't know any of the players. Because this is something that would happen in any Premier League dressing room. This particular one contained uh, Mr Doyle and Leroy Lita. Wasn't he ex-Arsenal? Leroy Lita came through a pretty good academy. Um, he came from Bristol City. Right. Um, who are, who are current, was so this he, is the Leroy Lita derby at the moment going on.
1: At indeed, Reading. absolutely, yes. Yes, and um, th- he was about the only player um, from that team that cost Reading any significant money. He cost a million pounds and, and that's where we actually outbid somebody to get him. The reason that he joined us rather than five or six other clubs that wanted him at the time was that he, his absolute hero and role model was Ian Wright. Um, so it was the the Steve Koppel connection, he wanted to be
0: managed by the the, the guy who produced Ian Wright. Very so he good. went
1: and joined Koppel.
0: And yet he couldn't really get in that team because of Kitson and Doyle's partnership um, firing um, Reading to all the Yeah, goals. although we, it, it worked quite nicely. We, we had three strikers and we
1: had some injuries, but we only ever had one striker injured at a time. Uh-huh. So so it, it worked out nicely. Um, some of the time we had one on the bench, but a lot of the time we had a... Um, somebody injured for half a dozen games and the other one would step up. But, but Doyle and Long arrived from, from Cork in that summer for, for something like, I think it was 85000 for the pair of them. Criminal money. <laughs> yeah,
0: as we'll find out, that's the second biggest bargain that Reading have ever splashed out. To 2015, I remember going to Cassebury Park in Watford to see the Open Top Bus Tour end up there when Watford came second. We had an Open Top Bus Tour for being promoted. When Reading won um, the championship, as it was then at a canter, I think it was only the second nomenclature of championship that had come up. So you graduated from the first division to, or division one to the championship. Yeah. You know, division one to the championship. What were the celebrations like amongst the fans who remembered the 80s in um, 2006? I just... Just, just disbelief to a certain extent,
1: phenomenal. And w- one, one of the really good things as well. It, it and, and this is uh, again one of the reasons I wrote the book. I just wanted to record a time when, when all the planets aligned perfectly. You, you, you just couldn't make up some of the things that happened. We, we were promoted away at Leicester, um, and obviously it was the, the away hardcore. Up Two and a half thousand who who got to celebrate that um, and and incidentally, as an obscure record, the only team to be promoted to the Premier League um, during um, the winter, so um, in Greenwich Mean Time, it was the the first promotion to happen. Oh, sorry, the only promotion to happen before um, British summertime had kicked in at the mm. end of March. The following week, at home to Derby, we clinched the championship. So, so we had two celebrations: one for the the away fans, then one for the the home fans.
0: Oh, that is brilliant. Does it feel like fifteen summers ago? It's
1: getting more and more distant all the time. That's that's the problem. And um again, one of the reasons I wrote the book was that I I realised there was no record of this. Everybody had their memories, but it was starting to fade and there were Reading fans who'd, who, who didn't experience it. I, I, I remember years ago, I was amazed that there were Reading fans who'd never been to Elm Park, but, but now there are Reading fans who'd, who'd not experienced those three incredible seasons.
0: Published on Mickle Press. Is that a local one?
1: In mean, fact, that's mine. I, I self-published
0: this. Oh, super! Um, it is available uh, as an electronic book at eight ninety nine. Yeah, where are the books? Where do you store all the hardbacks?
1: Um, In in fact, I I use uh, sort of print-on-demand. So I've I've got a a box of about 30 or 40 that I keep. Um, In fact, well, as I'm in temporary accommodation, they're they're in storage at the moment. Um, (laughs) But I I keep keep them in my office. Um, But um, it's available as print-on-demand from Amazon. So it's it's quite a a good way of doing it, but it obviously makes me less money. Mm. Um, But it's like the moon pig. So you order a book and it will be printed for you and delivered.
0: Amazing. What an amazing world. Uh,
1: Absolutely, yeah. But it it means that um, if you order it in Sydney, Australia, or or Vancouver, Canada, it's exactly the same. It will be printed by the local printer and delivered locally.
0: Ah, right. Yes, I'm looking at the page and it says, yes, fastest delivery tomorrow. So I could get it tomorrow if I so wished. Uh, The cover is a great drawing. Can we credit the illustrator? Is it you? Um,
1: Yes, it's... It's not me, no. Um, it's a, a guy, Thomas LaHuru who, um, he did Reading programmes for a while. He's, he's a, a Reading fan um, of my acquaintance who was um, quite happy to, to put this idea to me and, and I, I went with it. So, so it, it's a nice individual touch there.
0: It's brilliant. It's got John Majewski and Steve Koppel looking, uh, Majeski's looking right at you, Koppel's looking to the side like a statue and then the joy of the team, uh, lifting up the trophy so up they go to the Premier League and uh, all the idiot pundits toss a dart and say "Ah, oh, Reading will go down I'm afraid you can't get 106 points to the championship it's fair I don't know why they all talk like that but it's very different league the Premier League such a different league that Reading finished eighth with more or less the same team the highlights of it that did. season we will come on to but yes eighth in the Premier League
1: Yes, yeah, so, and, and those same pundits were saying, "Oh, well, they they need to to spend some money. They, the, the, you know, they need to replace players." Whereas the the, the teamwork and the, the the ethos and the really the the unity of that team was what carried them through. Um, it was um, something quite unique. The the, the way. Uh, really, they they were the sum of the parts, much greater than than the sum of the parts as a unit. Hence the title. And um, they'd never uh, been in the Premier League before. Not not one player had had actually played in the, the Premier League. I think John Oster got a couple of substitute appearances for Sunderland, mm-hmm. but. Um, it was new to everybody and there was the drive for everybody to succeed um, rather than one person sitting in the corner, been there, done that. It was it was they were all in it together and there was some some quite unique things behind the scenes that actually made them what they were.
0: Mm mm-hmm. Um, there was one addition. I read this amazing piece by Johnny Liu, who went to university with me and is now a Guardian sports writer. He talked about the way Son Hyung min is able to escape in Leicester Square and just be Son, whereas if he goes home, it really is pandemonium in South Korea. Uh, Reading added a South Korean of your own. What was Seoul ki uh contribution to the team? Um memorable goals including one
1: away at West Ham um, in the pouring rain that um, actually um, I think it was the first minute and we, we hung on to win 1-0 some, some good goals some, some key key performances but not as many as you would have liked so he was, he was nearly there but not quite but in, um, in the, the third season Things started to go amiss, but um, I'm sure we'll come on to that shortly.
0: Uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, he, we'll skip over it as quickly as possible. But I, you mentioned West Ham. Was Alan Pardew the manager for the six nil? Uh, sadly not. Um, it was Kurbashev. It was um, OK. Yes, I, it, it was only only a couple of weeks difference.
1: Um, everybody would have just, I mean, I, it was perfect to win six nil against West Ham. But it would be the icing on the cake would have been Pardew.
0: Yeah, well, Daniel Hurley's I mean, written a book uh, all about the greatest escape West Ham season where uh, it was Tevez. Tevez and Mascherano, but Mascherano did nothing. It was Tevez who uh, saved yes. West Ham. Did he play that game, Tevez?
1: I don't believe so. To be honest, I was so focused on reading that um, I, I don't remember seeing him. It's when when um, West Ham were in an absolute shambles, yep. um, all sorts of betting shenanigans, and and all sorts of of
0: grief. Yeah, Daniel does really, really well. I talked to him about that season and just the disbelief at getting Tevez and Mascherano slowly fading to realising exactly what they'd done. Um, which team, who are now competing in European competition, did you beat home and away that season? Uh, Man City. Man City. Uh, yes. Who had not been bought by Abu Dhabi yet. I don't even know if Taxin was there. It uh, was,
1: was it Shinawatra? You know, yeah, so I'm it fast... was Sinatra,
0: yeah. OK, so was it yes. Sven that season?
1: I don't think he was there yet. I think he, I think he may have been there for the second match.
0: I, um, I, I'll have a quick check. It's half-time, it's 2-1 to Bristol City. OK, right. Leroy Lita scoring twice at... Um, Indeed. And the virtually team.
1: identical goals as well. The, the ball was put in front of him, um, behind the defence for him to run onto, and it was just the, the same... Carbon copy. And he was invincible when you'd, you'd give him a ball like that.
0: The uh, City team had a midfield of Ousmane De and Joey Barton and Stephen Ireland. The left back was a Tunisian called Trabizi, uh Distan Dunn, Micah Richards, Nicky Weaver. And then the uh, the left back for Reading that day was Andre Beaky. Indeed, yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, although he, he was he was typically more of a, a,
1: a centre back, he was famous a couple of years later for an absolute tantrum um, when we lost at, away at Burnley in the playoffs. Um, made even worse by the fact he couldn't get his shirt over his head, <laughs> so he was he was <laughs> embarrassed by by the tantrum and not being able to get his shirt off. Mm-hmm.
0: But finishing eighth, this is. One of the most unexpected seasons. Doesn't really get talked about. It is documented in the sum of the parts because it's the Steve Koppel team. And yes, I, I keep saying with Burnley, the reason Burnley are doing so well is that it's a good workplace. Sean Dice turns up and says, minimum requirement is maximum effort. If you don't do that, get out. Very small squad. I wonder if Paunovic will take some lessons from Steve Koppel and just really try and get in a couple more loan signings um, sort out the defence because you've conceded twice at home tonight, which is no good. How important is the team to the success of Reading Football Club? Very, but um, we don't seem to have a, a settled team or, or a unit at the moment. That's that's part of the problem,
1: I think. There are so many players coming and going, overseas players who, who don't really understand. And, uh, I mean, the, the Carlos Kicker ball thing comes in where you've got a player who's just um, a journeyman takes the money um, puts in a few performances but but there's no real heart there and I think we've got too much of that um, however we've, we've got lots of young kids coming in so so our academy is definitely one of our strengths
0: I hope that Reading have a good season in the youth cup because it's nice to see uh, was it Blackburn did really well last year just a good crop of youngsters all coming up really well coached and if you are a good coach you will get opportunities elsewhere who runs the under-18s at the moment? No idea. Like well,
1: is, is, is it Michael Jilks, actually? It may
0: well be. Yes, it, be. Was. it is, uh, because that is, oh, he's one of the people who deals with the academy. Yeah. Um, Michael, he's got three middle names, Jilks. But yes, you can listen to Terrace Memoirs for our chat about, uh, where I talked to Dave Harris about the current Reading team, and you'll be supporting them when when you move to the west of Scotland. It, you'll be able yes. to watch I Follow Royals or whatever. But you've chosen not to do that tonight. Indeed, yes, and and in fact, I'll,
1: when I move to the west coast, I'll be um, watching Morton, who who play in blue and White hoops, um, <laughs> and who, who who play in a ground that feels just like Elm Park did in the eighties. So it's there's there's a bit of synergy there.
0: I'm more interested in grounds like that because St Albans City, I think, is nineteen pound. Watford, it's double that at least. So I can see two St Albans games, and if I get season tickets, it's even cheaper. And I'm more interested in what's going on at that level and also at youth level because who knows, you may see the next John Swift at youth level wasn't yes. it? Chelsea Swift At Man City we got him from oh ok, um, but he's the number 10 in the middle of the pitch he seems to be your fulcrum would any current player, uh, and I'm including Michael Elise in this uh, would any current player from the last 10 years or so displace any of that first 11 from the Coppel era? I don't Because,
1: again, the the individual players um, all seemed to be better when they were together. So it was... And as I say, there's some of the parts where um, it was the team that functioned. They, it was lots of teams within teams. So you had the defence, you had the, the wing and full backs. Um, it was just a, a really sophisticated way of playing that looked simple. But the, it was the, the teamwork and the fact that there, there was one unit both on and off the pitch. Um, um, in, in the book, I talk about um, Catalyst, who were a, um, a team of performance consultants who came in from, from industry. Um, and they were the ones who, who did a lot of work with things like psychometric tests and so on that had never happened in football um, to make everybody properly motivated and work together, even the, the managers and even people like Wally Downs and, and Kevin Dillon bought into it, the the old school Wimbledon crazy gang and, and Portsmouth coaches that they were bought into it and it recognised their skills um, and where they needed development. Um, and and let everybody work together as a team. It really was the teamwork. There, there were an awful lot of similarities with Leicester when they won the Premier League, where, again, it was, was all about the team overachieving yeah. rather than individual players.
0: And I would say Burnley, just because they're not in the top half of the table, just competing in that league with the budget, although they have some money now. Uh, but Sean Dyche has been there 10 years. He does know what he's doing. Uh, oh, it yes. seemed to catch up with Eddie Howe. But yes, the the longest-serving manager in the league is Deich, followed by Klopp, followed by Solskjaer. I think that's it. Solskjaer's been at Man U for four years now. More, longer than you'd have expected, but then he yes. was managed by Ferguson for about ten years.
1: Well, yes. Yeah, you, you you seem to think he's still in his apprenticeship there, but clearly it's, it's not if he's been around that long.
0: It's just the narrative. That's the problem with... I'm almost bored of it now. I spoke to Nick Miller uh, yeah. earlier today. My first question was, well, do the Athletics still want to kill print media? But print media has moved on. You, you want different things as a, as a consumer, as a customer. And it's all about uh, where we go next, because the football that you grew up with at Elm Park is streets away from how Reading are playing now. And even Alex Ferguson, 15 years ago, the football has changed yeah. because of what Guardiola's done. Um, who's the best team you've ever seen play Reading? Was it Arsenal under Wenger, United under Ferguson?
1: In that first Premier League season, um, Arsenal under Wenger was just... There, there was a goal where um, about six Arsenal players just moved the ball so fast that you couldn't see it and they, they walked it into the net. I'm mean, Almost the ultimate Arsenal goal, but I, I still can't quite understand how they did it, it was like a conjuring trick so, so yes, that, that team there was was something quite special
0: Yeah, imagine how current Arsenal fans feel, but give them three years <laughs> give it three years it'll work, like any project but football doesn't have that luxury Indeed, uh, so, yeah. uh, We'll come to the main event um, the greatest story you've never heard but the sum of the parts is available, print on demand uh, it's the evolution of the perfect team uh, notice how I'm skipping over the relegation season because I want to talk about Robin Friday. Um, actually, no, I'll, I'll ask you one question. When Reading did go down, had it been a two-year adventure that had run its course? No, we, uh, we shouldn't have gone down. Yeah, it, yeah that's right, you shouldn't course. have gone down, yes.
1: Yeah, and, and, and in fact, and, uh, in the last chapter, which was probably the saddest one to write, um, I, I talk about all the, the, the tiny things that just needed to change for us not to have gone down. Um, for instance, we, we beat Liverpool... Um, and lost to Fulham and if it had been the other way around um, then we would have stayed up and Fulham would have gone down Fulham came to Reading having not won away from home I think for about two and a half years and um, they they absolutely tonked us I think it was 3-0 and they hit the post three or four times as well they they absolutely murdered us and, and it, just that one game is what it all hinged on um, also the fact that um, the last match of the season, um, Fulham beat Portsmouth one 0 a headed goal from a corner by five foot eight inch Danny Murphy. Portsmouth had the FA Cup final the the next week, so so it, it I, I don't think they were too bothered about that game and too just too worried about injuries. So it's it's just just the way it happened. But the the a couple of goals in in a game or a few minor changes and and it all would have been different. It was, just, it was that close.
0: Although here is the horrible quiz question. In which month of the season did Reading actually win a game? November, December, January, February? Uh,
1: good question. Um, I think it was December. Brilliant.
0: Didn't win in November, didn't win in January, didn't win in February. That cannot have helped anyone. And this is the Steve okay, Popple yes. team that had two and a half really good years.
1: Yes, although Steve Sidwell had gone by this point. Um, and not been replaced. Everybody knew he was going. Um, unfashionable, little reading. Nobody wanted to sign for. With, um, and I spoke to Nick Hammond about it, and he he, he talks about this in the book. And. Um, Scott Brown from Celtic. Well, he was at Hibs at the time. We'd done a deal with Hibs, um, but he was so single-mindedly wanting to go to Celtic, he wouldn't even talk to Reading. And there were two or three other players that we we had lined up to replace Sidwell, but we we never adequately replaced Steve Sidwell, and and that was one of the the issues. Um, Nicky Shorey, um, who was such a good player, his, he took his eye off the ball um, and um, was being wooed away to join West Ham and quite possibly as, as a result of some of the things he heard from other players when he was in the England dressing room. Yeah. And, and things, things just started to, to fall apart. I, I feel that the, the Premier League is just poisonous and it, it taints everything it touches. So after a, a year and a half, the players started to think they were Premier League players and we all know the story from there.
0: Mark the, Marcello, Bielsa managed in the Championship. You've got Chris Hewton managing this season, Nigel Pearson managing this season, who kept Leicester up only six years ago. The Championship's a great league. Nigel Tassel brings out his book, The Hard Yards, in fact, tomorrow as we speak. So I hope you will be reading The Hard Yards and that Reading will feature. And they do, apparently, for reasons you can imagine. But the the Championship's a great division. Um, In 1975, Reading were not in the Championship. Nick Miller... Um, wrote the script for a piece for TIFO Football in 2017 based on a book written by a chap who called Robin Friday the game's first rock star. That book was actually written with a rock star. Have you met the authors of that book? Um,
1: I haven't, no. Um, I'd be more interested in meeting his colleagues from the band.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, but... uh, the Bambi and the Gallaghers. Yes, it's uh, yep. Gigsy from... Uh... From Oasis, Robin Friday played for Reading, 1974-5-6. He scored one goal that bamboozled everyone, including Clive Thomas. His enthusiasm for hijinks uh, made him um, the ultimate cult hero. And what Nick wrote in the piece is that he is the only footballer whom you want an oral history of. You want to believe things that may or may not be true, such as, question to you, John Keane, do you believe that the wedding punch was spiked with LSD? Um, I can well believe
1: it. There, there, there was so much going on with that chap; it's just um, incredible. He, um, in fact, this this was a. a, a it, it, I, I did pose some questions for you. So um, this is from the ultimate quiz book. Um, when when he's when Robin Friday scored against Rochdale in April '74, how did he famously celebrate? I don't oh. know if you know that one. Yes, Nick's,
0: Nick Nick. Um, Nick said this.
1: He ran over and kissed a policeman.
0: Oh, right.
1: And there's also the famous story about his his tussle with Mark Lawrence at Brighton.
0: Yes, that is um, a, the defecation incident.
1: Indeed, yes, in in Lawrenson's kit bag. Um, and and that that's that's one of the the wonderful things. And when you're you're watching as a fourteen year old, um, Friday would be kicked to pieces by opposing defenders who just couldn't cope with him, and he'd kick back. So he he was regularly sent off. And it was just so entertaining, you never knew what he was going to do next. He he was the player who made me fall in love with the game at that age.
0: And he is on your football library card, which every fan gets. And I try and put a figure from the club's history on uh, the library card of someone when I'm reading the 92. And it's nice to read Reading. They are a nice football club, big, diverse fan base in Berkshire. Uh, but yes, we're talking about bargains. I could sign Robin Friday nowadays. Is that really true? The fee. Um, it is yes. And, um,
1: I, I forget exactly what it was, but it, it was. Was it a set of shirts?
0: Uh, it was. Well, they... um, Nick says seven hundred uh, and fifty pounds.
1: And I think there was a set of shirts as well involved.
0: And then he went to Cardiff, of course, and became a hero there as well.
1: Yes, but, but not for long. He 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 was. Um... Always on a knife edge, let's say. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he, um, substance abuse just, just tipped him over the edge. He's, there were so many parallels with George Best, but at a lower division and, and without all the publicities um, and the assistance as
0: well. When he died of a heart attack in 1990, were you very distraught? Or would you? Was it like when Michael Jackson died? I think, well, of course, Michael Jackson's dead. He's not even on this planet anymore.
1: Yes. Um, to be honest, and in, for in part of it, I was surprised he was still alive, as you say. But um, yes, the, just thinking about the memories that he gave me, it was—it's it, sad. Yes, and the fact that he had so much skill and so much potential, and and he he could have gone absolutely all the way to the top and and been been talked about in the same way that George Best is, but instead he's he's remembered for for really the talent that didn't
0: get to go play at the top level. The Robin Friday story is in the football library, and I, I guess I'll shelve it with, well, I don't know whether to do it in the religion bit or the club-specific bit. I, I suppose religious bit, because he was a kind of messiah who helped Reading get promoted, right? Yes. From in four
1: India. into three? That's right, yes. Okay. Um, we, we finished just behind, I think it was Graham Taylor's Lincoln,
0: ah.
1: when they they scored... Yeah, I think they got 100 points, something like, or the equivalent of 100 points back in '76. We we were third,
0: and up you went. Um, are there, are there yep. any other books about Reading FC that should adorn the shelves of the football library? Obviously, every single Terrace Memoirs podcast that Dave Harris has put out is there, because we do audio as well.
1: Is a good one, but it may just be for the Reading fans. It's um, by Alan Sadoonery, who's the club historian, the official history, if you like. So it goes back
0: through through all the years. Yes. Um, yeah, a, a chapter a season. So
1: it's it's factual, but it's got some very nice little snippets and amusing incidents.
0: And it all led up to that season of 06-07 the richest season, because Reading were right in the middle for those two seasons of that TV deal. Uh, Watford have just had this five-year run in the Premier League and yet when we went down Scott and Gino were really quite hyperventilating because the money wasn't there and we've now got too many players we've brought in about 10 we've got a manager who if he doesn't win within two games he'll go um, and yet he's got a promotion on his CV but I would rather be Reading I would rather be in the Championship playing at home to Bristol City where you are 2-0 down. Peterborough 2-0 up at Cardiff. Swansea losing 3-0 against Stoke. Wow. You can never, never expect anything yeah. in this division. Fulham yeah. scored twice in the opening five minutes and they are playing Millwall. Uh, but it's a great division. Uh, probably not Definitely, as good as... Yeah. What What division of Greenwich Morton in? The Championship or League One? The Championship, yes. Good division. Yep. Pretty good football standard there. Yeah, it's,
1: um, it has its moments. It, um, it depends on the pitches <laughs> depends of the on the time. pitch,
0: absolutely. But I know enough about the romantic side of Scottish football. I've read Danny Gray's books with uh, and Strum, uh, the Nutmeg magazine, which I, I imagine uh, yeah. you read up there. Indeed, yes. Yes. Have you contributed yet? I,
1: I haven't, no. I, um, I keep keep meaning to, um, but I've not really settled on a subject
0: yet. Uh, well, I'm sure Danny will appreciate a piece on Morton when this house is built.
1: Right, uh, yes.
0: Just like Steve Coppell built the great Reading side who all yes. flourished oh, no. at the same time.
1: And it, I, I have to, to give credit where it's due. Steve Coppell built the house, but Alan Pardew laid the foundations, I think. So It's in, in, in the book, I talk about the Pardew years as well, because without what? what Pardew did, we probably wouldn't have had the couple years. It was a, 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 a the final touches came from Koppel, but um, the club was turned around by Pardew, who, who actually made them a lot more competitive, made them believe, and, and also um, twisted John Mideski's arms to get things like a reserve team and, and a training ground.
0: Charlie, good. And here's a football joke to finish on. Alan Pardew, not only did he lay the foundations, what did he put in this house? Windows. Yeah, because he was a glazier. There you go. The ultimate Reading FC quiz book is also available um, through Amazon. I suppose I will check how much that is. Um, Just click on it. Uh, It is five forty nine as Kindle and seven ninety nine a print on demand paperback. Fifteen hundred questions. um, Wow. um, One that may interest
1: you um, relates to.
0: a ghost goal, no, no, um, no. We do not talk of ghost goals. Stuart Atwell we, we, is banned. Uh, okay, Stuart Atwell <laughs> is the answer. Stuart uh, Atwell, the only referee to be booed by both sides. He came back to indeed, Watford, yes. booed by both sides at Vicarage Road. It's unbelievable. But yes. Yep. Um,
1: ha, ha, however, that that game, um, I still believe he did Watford a favour. Reading were absolutely massacring them. It was nil nil, but we we were playing so well. And um, he gave us the goal and it turned it around. The, the righteous indignation from the, the Watford players and the Watford crowd just lifted them all and they started competing. I'm, I'm sure without that goal, we would have won comfortably.
0: Oh, yes, yes. History does not remember what happened after the ghost appeared. But, um, yeah, I've got this Watford mishmash above me and there's John Joe O'Toole, Joby McEnough, I think J.J. De Merritt and Stuart Atwell patiently saying... Look, I know the ball went outside of the post, but I've given it as a goal because I need you to win this game. So I can. Were you at the ghost goal game? I was, yes, yes. And it didn't happen at your end, did it? It happened at the Vic?
1: No.
0: Sorry, it right, yes. happened at the rookery end, so you couldn't see. Yep. And I'm yes.
1: Mystified and, then, and and slightly embarrassed, to be
0: honest. Yeah, as well <laughs> you should. Um, yes. And that goal still talked about in radio shows like this. John Keane. Have a wonderful rest of the season. We're an hour into the game at uh, the Ski at the Car Park Stadium, and it is Reading one, Bristol City three. Andy Wyman has scored again. Ouch! Long way to go. Forty-four games to go. Shh.